Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now over this last week I have actually been a bit under the weather. I think I caught a flu virus. But something I've always said is that when we are unwell, it is best to take it easy. The garden will still be there when we are well enough. It's just best to take it easy, make sure we are better before we tackle the garden again. So that means this week I have practiced what I've preached and not done a huge amount of garden. But of course, I'm not the type that can just sit around doing nothing. So what I did instead was I went through my seeds and came up with a seed sowing plan for 2024. So come with me out in the garden shed and I'm going to go through my seed collection with you. Now, as a keen grow your owner, one of the problems that I seem to get all the time is that I seem to have this innate ability to collect seeds. My seeds collection just seems to grow and grow and grow. And it got to the point that my seed fridge, where I store my seeds, was so full that I couldn't fit anything else into it. It was almost bursting at the seams because we had so many packets of seeds. Now, a few weeks ago, I actually started going through my seed collection and disposing of quite a few seeds. Usually, I hate waste. I hate throwing anything out. But when your storage does become so full, there has to come a point where something has to change. By my very nature, I'm a terrible hoarder. And as much as I hate waste, it's not a good thing. So what I did is I went through my seed collection and anything that was out of date, I used that as a cutoff point to get rid of. So anything out of date went in the bin. Now, seed producers usually issue a seed date on their packets for when these seeds go out of date. And it is not uncommon for seeds to actually still be able to germinate after this out of date date. But what the seed companies base these dates on is an acceptable germination rate. And that deteriorates as the seeds get older. So fresh seeds, we might get a 100% germination rate. But say carrot seeds, after a year, those seeds might only get a germination rate of about 50%. And seed companies might say that that is not good enough it basically just protects them from us saying that their product is not good enough now for me i just find that out of date is a good cutoff point to get rid of them it just in my head it just means that's the cutoff point nothing beyond that go and where it goes in the bin otherwise what i would continue to do is just hoard them and end up with more and more seeds i don't get round to sowing and less and less room to add new seeds and that's what i've basically done got rid of those seeds and the seeds that i've got left behind is i've organized those into organized boxes now what i mean by that is i have herbs in one box brassicas in another box roots in another box so on This is, again, just to help me be a lot more organised and means that when I want to sow a particular seed, I can find it quickly and efficiently. And that means by being efficient, I can hopefully sow more seeds and waste less time. Now, the boxes that I use are mostly wooden 
boxes with a hinge on top and I bought these from a shop called The Works which is available on most high streets. The largest box costs about £10 but I have several smaller ones which were a little bit cheaper. Now the largest box I actually bought back in 2020 when we were on furlough and it was a bit of a project. I sprayed it in green paint, stuck a Veg Grower Podcast logo on it with veg seeds written on it and on the inside I added some thin wood just to divide the box up so that all the seeds have got their own slots and I made all the seeds in this box go in alphabetical order. Now that does sound like a lot of faff just to organise, but I think by organising it, it will pay off. What I mean by that is most people, we just throw seeds into a box in any way that they come in and forget about them. My thinking is that by having them in organised boxes and in alphabetical order, I'm going to find them quickly and easily just to make my life a little bit quicker next year. Now, one of the other seed boxes that I have is actually a seed box that is very popular with many online gardeners. It is actually a box designed for photo storage. So what it is, is a, a large carry box with several smaller boxes on the inside which slide in and out. And these smaller boxes are designed for the storage of photographs. I don't know who really has photographs like that anymore, but that's what it is designed for. But the size of these boxes is actually perfect for seed packets. They fit in there perfectly, or most seed packets do anyway. And I've seen a lot of YouTubers using these. And I bought one on the back of that about a year ago. And I've used that for herb seeds this time round. And what I've done is I've actually taken each particular type of herb, be it dill or basil or parsley and put each type in its own container again alphabetically organized so that I can easily get hold of them now I will add a link to this box if you are interested in it for me it is a good way to organize seeds it provides easy access to the seeds and is easy to organize but personally I much prefer my wooden box that I got from the works over these containers. I just think the wood to me looks better, feels nicer, more natural. I'm not a lover of using plastic so much, so I prefer the wooden boxes. Plus, it's easier to adapt the wooden boxes to our own needs. Now, all these boxes actually live inside my seed fridge, which I keep here in my shed. And my seed fridge is an old fridge it's not running it's not plugged in or anything so it's not cold on the inside but it is an insulated box and that means that it keeps the seeds at more of a constant temperature which means they're likely to last longer added to that it is also a sealed unit so rodents are going to have a hard time to try and get inside and eat some of the seeds rodents do have a particular taste for seeds so it being in this fridge just reduces the chance of that Added to that, it also has, of course, shelves on the inside, which just means that I can put all my boxes on a shelf for easy access, making it all the more convenient. 
What I also do is I throw some sleeker gel packets into each box and also into the fridge itself. And this just helps keep the moisture levels down as well. Now, sleeker gel is, of course, those tiny little packets that you often find inside boxes when you buy electrical goods with do not eat written on it. These are a moisture absorbing material, which is why they use so much. But whenever I get hold of those, I keep hold of them just for my seed collection. I've got a wide range of uses as well. So Christmas coming, if you do get those little packets, keep hold of them. They, can, they might come in use. Now, one final thing that I have been doing is that as I've been putting these seeds back in, I've been making a list of all the seeds that I do have in my collection. And what reason I'm doing this is that every year I know that I want to grow certain seeds. But one of the biggest problems that I find in the past is not knowing what seeds I have and then ending up ordering seeds because I think I don't have it. Then it turns out I do have some already in my collection. This could be a tomato crimson crush or something. If I've already got it, I don't need to spend money and it ends up saving more money. Plus then I'm using up the old seed first. And I, by making a list, I can then sit down one night, go through my list, work out what I want to grow and what I need to order in. Just saves money as well as helps with the planning for the next year. Now, talking of seeds, of course, we have sown some seeds in the Supporters Club this week. So meet me back in the Podding Shed, where we can find out what seeds we have sown over this last week. This week in the Supporters Club, we have, of course, sown a few more seeds. Firstly, we have sown some lettuce seeds. Now, we actually sowed lettuce a few weeks ago, but something I often hear many listeners struggle with is successional sowing. So as part of the club... We are now starting to sow certain seeds successionally together, ensuring that we always have certain crops available. Now added to that, we have also sown some chilli seeds. Now chilli seeds I do find need a very long growing season, particularly the hot varieties. So sowing these seeds early ensures we actually get a decent harvest. Now, all this comes under the Veg Grower Podcast Supporters Club, and the Supporters Club is set up to help keep this podcast running. To be a member, it costs just £5 a month. But for that £5 a month, you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts, which share a lot of the goings-on here at the Veg Grower Podcast HQ. But added to that, you also get a collection of seeds sent to your door each and every month that you are a member. And these seeds can be sown in that very month so to find out more and sign up please head to the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk now you can also support this podcast by rating and reviewing on your podcast provider now this really does help other people who might be interested in growing their own food to find us and to be honest either one of these methods i would really appreciate whatever you can do as you can probably tell, something I am trying to be in 2024 is to be ultra organised, especially with seed sowing. Now, I, I have found over the years that being organised really does pay off and I'm keen to continue that into 2024. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is to plan ahead. I certainly do find that planning ahead really does help make things more organised and certainly a lot more together. So 
I am sat in front of my computer where I have been creating a couple of spreadsheets to help me work out a plan. Now, I have to admit, I am not very experienced with spreadsheets. Don't really work with spreadsheets at all, so I find it very, very alien. So I have decided that I'm going to stick with my KISS principle, KISS being an acronym of Keep It Simple Stupid. But if you do have your own version of a seed sowing plan, or if you're going to create one, then please do feel free to send me your version as well. And I'd love to take a look at it. You can send it to me via social media or email me or post in our Facebook group. It's been good to see and share some of the ideas that you might have. Now, with my KISS attitude in mind, the first spreadsheet that we're going to come across is a spreadsheet that simply lists all the vegetables and all the months and what we can sow in each month. So on the first column, I've listed down every vegetable that I can grow in alphabetical order. Now, that would be artichokes, aubergines at the top, watermelons being down the bottom. You get the idea, huge wide range of vegetables but added to that what i've also done is included certain adaptions for vegetables so tomatoes we've got outdoor tomatoes and greenhouse tomatoes or cabbages spring summer autumn winter cabbages you get the idea i felt it was very important to differentiate between the difference of some of these seeds let's say if we take tomato seeds some seeds you can actually sow in january for tomatoes but by march these plants are pretty large and i would say that if you're sowing seeds in in january for tomatoes they're generally going to be for the greenhouse so unless you are growing tomatoes in the greenhouse i would hold off until march and then as i mentioned cabbages again different sowing times based on the harvest time so i wanted to try and keep a continuous supply of these vegetables as well so i've differentiated between spring summer autumn and winter so with all these vegetables listed i then have gone along the top row and typed in every month simple as that and then I've cross-referenced each month with each vegetable and every month that is possible to sow that particular vegetable, I've just typed in sow. That tells me what vegetables can be sown that month. It's pretty, um, pretty simple. Like I said, I think it has worked quite well for me. But I wanted to fine-tune this. I really want to dial down all my seed sowing on a week-by-week basis. Again, I come to the fact that some seeds that say can be sown in January, at the beginning of January, might be a little bit too early. So you might want to wait until the middle or late January before sowing those. And that's quite often the case when it comes to seeds for January. So I've broken it down into each week so on this second spreadsheet on the first column we've got the number of the week so week one to week 52 now in 2024 the first of january is actually a monday so that has worked out quite nicely and come together quite well and i'm just going to stick with that now what i've then gone along and done is each week i have listed the seeds that I will be sowing in that particular week. So the first week I've listed spring onions, lettuce 
and mustard. These are seeds that I ideally want to sow every three weeks in order to successfully sow. So we're going to start as we mean to go on that first week. We're going to sow a few of these. And then on week four, three weeks later, we're going to sow those particular seeds again. And it's going to be the same with things like microgreens. Microgreens are almost going to be sown on a weekly basis basis until about March, April, when we have less call for those. Now, I will admit that January, it was very tricky trying to find all the seeds that we can sow. As you know, I have the supporters club and each month I send out about six packets of seeds. And January can always be a little bit tricky. It's not as difficult as December, believe it or not. January can be a little tricky. But when we move into the months of March, April, May, we end up with quite a large amount of seeds that we can sow. And in some weeks, we are getting six or seven different seeds that we can actually sow, which, looking at it, seems quite daunting. But I do have a method that when it comes to actual seed sowing, that makes this simple. It's quite simple, really. I will be sowing seeds every morning before I go to work. So if we got six or seven seeds in a particular week, that's one seed for every morning. Now, of course, there are other things that will need to be done at that time, pricking out, potting on, etc., etc. But this is just for seed sowing. It gives me an idea of what I can sow each and every week. Now, once I have completed these spreadsheets, I will be printing them off. I'll keep a copy on the on my server, of course, and I'll probably even upload a copy onto our website. But I will keep also a copy in my shed, and each week as I go along, as I sow these seeds, I can then tick them off. Now, something I have thought that might become a problem is if certain seeds don't germinate. So if that happens, we then have to re-sow those seeds a couple of weeks later. It can happen, could happen for a number of reasons, but it's just something we need to bear in mind. So we probably also need a tick-off sheet to say that we have everything that we want to grow. And I'm just thinking of this as I go along right now. Now, as I said, I'm keeping my spreadsheets very, very simple. I don't want to overcomplicate them as much as I would like to. I think it's well above my skill level. But with these dark evenings, I think it is a good chance to sit down in an evening and just work it out of what you want to sow and when. Now, I'm starting to feel a little better. Roxy needs a walk, so I'm going to head on down to the allotment. And why don't you meet me down there in just a moment? But before that, let's visit Chef Scott's kitchen to see what he has for us this week. Hi, it's Scott here, and this week I have a recipe involving Jerusalem artichokes. I know there's been a lot of debate about whether to grow them or not, and I will be reducing the amount I grow next year, but I don't think I could bring myself to getting rid of them, as they are delicious. They are high in inulin, and it's this that helps in reducing blood sugar levels, so helpful for people with diabetes but the inulin can also cause a bit of wind in some people, giving them the name fartichokes. So it's best to start with a little to see how your stomach deals with the high levels of inulin. That being said, they do taste fantastic roasted and turn into a warm winter salad of roasted Jerusalem artichokes with sprouting broccoli, spinach, crispy bacon and a poached egg. And that's this week's recipe. So let's jump into the kitchen 
and find out how it's made. This recipe should make four salads. For the roast artichokes you will need 700 grams of Jerusalem artichokes with the skins left on, six cloves of garlic with the skins left on, one lemon cut into wedges, one sprig of thyme, and the rest of the ingredients are 150 grams of sprouting broccoli, eight slices of streaky bacon, four eggs, four handfuls of spinach, 100 milliliters of white wine vinegar, 160 milliliters of olive oil, 75 grams of whole grain mustard, 30 grams of honey, and shaved parmesan for garnish. Method. Start by roasting the artichokes. Do this by adding the artichoke ingredients to a hot frying pan and fry hard until the artichokes get some colour. Then transfer everything to a roasting tray and roast in the oven on a high heat about 220 degrees Celsius for 20 to 30 minutes. Halfway through, give everything a good stir and add the sprouting broccoli for the second half of the cooking. Whilst that's happening, make the dressing by whisking together the oil, mustard, vinegar and honey. Then crisp the bacon in the oven and poach the eggs. When the artichokes are done, remove the thyme and lemon, but make sure you give the lemons a squeeze to release the juice. Then add everything along with the bacon to a mixing bowl and toss together with the spinach and dress with some of the dressing. Serve into salad bowls and top with the poached eggs and shaved parmesan. And that's the recipe done. I hope you enjoy it. Well, Roxy and I are now down to Yulaman. And I just want to thank Scott for that recipe once again. Now, I have to admit, I was considering getting rid of our artichokes because we don't really eat that many of them anymore. We've reduced them down by quite a bit. But after hearing that recipe from Scott... I can't wait to try it, I'll be honest with you. That sounds absolutely delicious. But anyway, I am down the Ulaman, as I said. As I mentioned earlier, it's getting very noisy for passing traffic now. But as I mentioned earlier, because of this bad cold or flu, I don't think it's really right for me to really do any work. So this is more of just a bit of a check up and walk around and see what's going on in particular because over the weekend we had our very first heavy frost here and that has obviously led to some of our tender plants dying off which is a good thing of course I'm very very pleased to see that happening but the fear is of course when we get a frost is that of course it could t damage some of our other plants Luckily, one of those examples would be our potatoes. Last week, I actually dug up the last of our potatoes and they have been in the greenhouse, just hardening off before they go into storage. Now, if they were in the ground, we could, of course, get frosting on our potatoes, which could damage the actual potatoes. We've avoided that, so I'm quite glad of that. But that doesn't mean to say anything else that could be in the ground. We could end up with the ground being too frozen that we can't actually dig anything out. And that is a bit of a problem. Now here on the allotment, the only concern I have with that particular field would be our leeks. Our leeks are grown pretty well. They went into the ground a little late, which I think is why they're not as big as I would usually like them to be. But they are 
decent enough, they'll provide us with plenty of meals. But there is a risk, of course, the ground could get too frozen and therefore we were unable to harvest them. Now what many gardeners will do is heal in their leeks. And that is where they dig a trench, dig up all the leeks and pop them all into the trench at a bit of an angle, quite close together, and then fill that trench back up with the soil. Now the idea here is that all the leeks are going to grow together, they're going to stay alive, they're going to stay fresh, but they're also going to be easier to get out the soil when required. So it's a good thing to do if you do have some leeks and your ground is prone to freezing. Now one of the positives about getting a frost is that it actually makes some of our vegetables taste better and leeks is certainly one of those so the leeks will taste a little bit sweeter after going through a frost and that's the same for many other vegetables parsnips and brussels sprouts to name a few now my parsnips are growing at home and we will be harvesting those quite soon i'll be pleased to see how we get on with those but we have quite a few brussels sprouts here on the allotment which over the next few weeks we will certainly be harvesting. We've done really well with Brussels sprouts this year, actually. We've got plenty of sprouts both here and at home. So I'm quite pleased with that and quite pleased with the results. I actually harvested a few Brussels sprouts this last week to pour on a pizza. And I've got to say, they tasted absolutely delicious. So really, really happy with that. Now, along with Brussels sprouts, other brassicas that we have in the ground are kales and cabbages. Now, luckily, the frozen ground isn't going to affect the roots or damage the plants so much. And we only really harvest what's above the ground. So at the moment, we haven't got anything to worry about with those, but we will be harvesting those as required. Now, the kale hasn't done that great this year. I think, again, they were a little bit too late before they went in. But never mind, there's always next year where we hope we're going to be better, especially now that we have got together this seed sowing plan. All good stuff, isn't it? Right, well, I've checked on the allotment. Everything looks good here, so I think it is time to head on home, and I will meet you back in the potting shed in just a moment. Well, there we go. As I said, this week's gardening has been hampered due to this illness. But using this time to plan for next year has made it a little bit more productive, shall we say. I'm certainly looking forward to 2024. I certainly feel 2023 has been a good year. 2024 is going to be even better. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast and hopefully you will go on to make your own seed sowing plan. And if you do, please do share them with us on social media or email. My email address is richard at vegetgrowpodcast.co.uk if you do want to get in touch. Alternatively, head to vegetgrowpodcast.co.uk and leave a voicemail or comment on the bottom of a blog post. And of course, if you have enjoyed this podcast, then please do rate and review on your podcast provider. And if you want to support this podcast, then please consider becoming a member of our supporters club. Well, that is it for this week. So until next time, please take care.